Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 67 of Con for the Review. Uh, That's the podcast where we talk about movies that are considered the best ever made, and we talk about if they still hold up, if they deserve that reputation, and kind of discuss it. And this week we are talking about the 1982 Dustin Hoffman Tootsie. 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 Oh, Tootsie. So what did we think? I fucking loved it. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought it was going to be dumb as hell. (laughs) Like I was ready, like Dustin Hoffman as a woman, like, come on now. Like, and then he was beautiful. It was good. I, I enjoyed it too. There was a bit of me that was kind of like, ah, great fucking Mrs. Doubtfire, you know, but I loved it too. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was such a unique character study. Um, cinematically, was it the best? No, I don't think that's the. No. But that's not the point, right? Sure. Like for me, I thought it was just a really unique character piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dustin Hoffman, is it bad that I mildly got a chubby watching him on stage? Is that kind of against the? I don't know. Whatever. I don't think that's against the rules. I thought I thought he was adorable. Nice. What did you think, Noah? Uh, it did not hold up from my memory of it because I grew up watching this quite a bit. Oh. Um, and we can kind of get into it as we go, but it didn't entirely hold up. I found some of the plot points uh, there mm-hmm. to just move it to the next plot point. Yeah. A little bit. Makes sense. Um, and I mean, once again, we can kind of get into it. Sure, a sure, bit. sure. Before sure, we do that, sure, sure, sure. totally forgot. We have a special guest. Gary, I'm just kidding. Yes. It's not me. <laughs> Jonesy, as always, is here. I'm Noah Sorry, Kinsey, guys. and we have Britta Jones. Britta Jonesies. Hello there. Welcome. Welcome. Thank Welcome you so back. much for coming you back. For a while, babe. Since Fantasia. Yeah. The last one? I don't know. Maybe. Damn, I don't remember. Yeah. It's still good. It's though. been it's a always, while. It's always it's nice to have you on here. Yeah. So thank you for coming back on. You're welcome. I was excited to hear that you're coming back. Yeah. Well, it's really because... She kind I, of invited herself back on, I too. Did. She was sitting at the couch, and she was like, I'm coming on your podcast today because I got to talk about this movie. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, okay. So I did not... I've never seen this movie before. Never. Okay. So I have a different... I, there's no nostalgia. Sure. Yeah. So it really... I think... Um, and it touched on a lot of like women's lib kind of issues. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, mm, okay, whatever. I think it was a good intro at a time where that was just emerging. Yeah, totally. And um, some of the ways they did it, I think, are better done than some of the shit we see now. Sure. Oh, yeah. Totally, right? Uh huh. So, like what? Well, okay. So, in talking about women standing up for themselves or, you know, not. Not playing a lesser role, but just being a person, and that—that's really all there is. Like, 
just stand up for yourself and be a person and ask to be treated like a person, not as someone that's better than men. There was mm-hmm. no like women are better than men. It was just like, hey, just call me by my name because yeah. I'm a person. I'm not a sex object. You're oh, okay, guts. cool. Or babe. Yeah. Or doll. Yeah, because there was that one doctor that just any every female character has to make out with him. Mm-hmm. Like that was kind of the rule. Dude, just, that guy, man. You start, you have to make out with him. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, uh, because why? Yeah. <laughs> why is this why a rule? Yeah. Whereas I feel like sometimes um, with more current women, like pushing women's right issues, that they just I don't research this a lot so internet don't hate me or anything but I just feel like so, they will because they I, hate everybody well yeah I guess that helps okay so, so fucking hate on me yeah. all you want but that it's like women are better it's like you know what we all have our strong suits mm. and our weaknesses and so we're just people and yeah. we're all some kind of yeah. fucked up and let's just treat each other like people right and I really I liked that part of it mm-hmm so while also highlighting some of the shit that we have to deal with. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely makes sense to me. And I saw that in the movie for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I liked that. So what about you? What wasn't that didn't hold oh, up? Yeah. Because you're okay, like, so I, you uh, have you watch t- this movie like every week or something. Yeah. You're like, you know just, what, mom, can we put Tootsie in again? <laughs> I watched it a bunch as a kid. So a did you bunch. watch Why? it because you First. liked it or because yeah. that's. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I loved it. I love Dustin Hoffman. I think he's a phenomenal actor. Totally. Um, what was it about the movie that you loved so much as a young kid? Because I think if I saw this as a young kid, I just I don't know if I'd love it that much, though. I did love Mrs. Doubtfire a lot. Totally different. But I, I understand yeah. that. Okay, I get it. Um, <laughs> and I, th- I actually think that holds up better. Mrs. Doubtfire. Mrs. Doubtfire. Mm. And one of the so I totally see the themes and could still. I think I didn't notice that obviously as a kid, all those themes or whatever. Um, but the, I mean, I grew up in a household with a lot of strong women and have been surrounded by that. So I don't think for me it would have been necessarily as a kid it would have gone completely over my head because it's not like those types of dynamics were around me. When mm-hmm. I was growing up, yeah. Versus now, where it's like you see society and you're like, "Oh shit!" Mm. And see that documentary that um, the red pill. Uh, one? No, no, no. The <laughs> the women aren't funny one I about seen female that. comedians. Uh-huh. Uh, it's I can't think of Rick Voss. Is that his name? He's a comedian. His wife did it. Uh-huh. Um, uh, and basically, I, there's this misconception around stand-ups that women aren't funny. So she did a documentary about how, like, that's really Dude, not Dude, some of the true. funniest fucking stand-ups yes. I've seen over the last, like, three months have been female stand-ups that are hilarious. Yeah, and I've been around improv- women in improv that are freaking hilarious. So for me, watching that documentary, it's like, oh, shit, there are people who actually think that. And you see some really popular comedians reinforcing that saying that and i'm like holy crap but anyway so like all that stuff would go over my head as a kid and i think i just really love the performance by dustin hoffman phenomenal in that aspect of it let's say you say you watch this a lot as a kid Mm -hmm. so what does like when you're 10 when you're sure yeah okay probably like when i was in elementary school and you're just like dustin hoffman you're the shit yeah i was like he's amazing i don't think i said that as a child because i've never thought that about anybody i mean yeah yeah i just fucking rad yeah i've never thought that about anybody and i'm not saying that i'm better than anybody i'm just saying i have a bad gag reflex so that has me having a bad gag reflex that has never been something I've ever considered because no, uh, you did not say that I understand my shortcomings. 
Say what? You did not say that five minutes before the microphone. <laughs> okay, so you really... Well, I used the Vicks the uh, stuff to help yeah. soothe your throat. That kind of makes you a little bit numb. What are you saying, Britta? <laughs> okay, so you really liked it as a kid because mm-hmm. you were like, Dustin Hoffman, the you're amazing. Yeah. It was for the performance. Because like, I now, wa- grew up watching Hook. You know, and just loving Hook. I'm sorry, internet community that now thinks it's fashionable to hate Hook, but I love Hook. What? Oh, that's a thing. Don't start so many with people me. say that that's a garbage movie, and I'm like, I respectfully disagree. What's that the matter with them? Bangerang assholes, right? Bangarang. Rufio. There's Rufio. a whole band Jeez. named Rufio. Come Thank on now. Thank you. Exactly. Jesus. But uh, so I think because of Hook and some other movies Dustin Hoffman did as a kid, I'm like, what else has he done? Mm-hmm. And so that's probably. I mean, I'm sure my parents like this movie too because they're Dustin Hoffman fans mm-hmm. as well. Who isn't a Dustin Hoffman? Okay, fan? right. But so, I, are you still a Dustin Hoffman fan? Okay, so, so one of looking the, at this now, looking at this now, one of the issues I had is just the plot points were super convenient for me. Like, mm. for example, him even just deciding to cross-dress was, like, a huge jump. Yeah, it I was. will I will agree with you So, there. like, basically, he it wasn't like he looked at that room when he went with her to her audition to be like, wow, all of these women. There wasn't even enough of a setup. There was, that was no setup. Like, well, if you were a girl, you know what I mean? Maybe. There was nothing. Yeah, there was. That is true. It like, just went from to me, no that job to bothered. female job. And that's mm. why I feel, you know, I, kind of, I did the comparison, too, with Mrs. Doubtfire, where I'm like, well, it made sense why he went along with doing the cross-dressing for Mrs. Doubtfire right. versus this where it was just a way, like, it was such a big jump to get there. Right, so you right. felt like it was lazy? A little bit. I felt like some of the plot points weren't really organic. So for me, it just kind of stood out like a sore thumb a lot in the movie. You know, I could give you, I'll give you that. I'll give you some of that. The only thing for me that I didn't really, the reason why it didn't bother me too much, though, was because, eh, it wasn't really that important. You know, they set up in the first act a ton of reasons why he wasn't uh, getting a job, right? Like, they set up his, his weakness really, really quickly. The the jump, yes, did kind of bother me, but it wasn't that big of an importance for the overall story, in my opinion. Mm. You know? I just, I just wanted, I guess, with the writing, I wanted things to feel like they naturally would have happened. Like, uh-huh. even with the reveal at the end, I didn't necessarily believe it had to happen on the show right like i get he was doing it kind of for the woman Mm -hmm. for the most part but it didn't necessarily make sense for the show Mm. um and i i felt like i don't know there are certain certain things bother me because yes this is a very like progressive movie but then you also have the scenes that, and they bother me in other stuff too. I mean, I hate to reference boat trip in with Tootsie, <laughs> but also this whole invasion of privacy where it's like someone trusts, like when they're sleeping in the same bed, mm-hmm. kind of like, uh, you're, that's kind of not just creepy. Yeah, it's kind of creepy. So you understand why she's like offended at the end. Right. And there was a lot of invasion of trust that, like, the fact that it really was a man is mm-hmm. like, you put yourself in that situation. It's not like she acts. Not she's just for like, like a day, like months. Right. You but know? in those types of positions where it's like I'm in the room with. I mean, the first time when Gina Davis, when she was just in her bra and panties or whatever, is like, well, he's going to be in the female dressing room. But then when she's staying at her at the, the one woman's dad's house and they're in the same bed, it's like, oh, but you didn't have to be there. Yeah, you I didn't mean, have to do that. Yeah. Oh, like some of his icky. logical jumps were just really interesting but i guys will do a lot for love 
Well, yeah, that was a little selfish. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Well, yeah, but we're it's all, kind of, it was ironic. We're all too, fucked though. up people, and he clearly had his all his issues. Yeah, right. and also while he was being very progressive, just in general with the movie, he was also an asshole to Terry Gar. Yeah, well, like that's the what I was going to say. Thing. That's, that's, that's that the dramatic irony throughout that whole right. entire scenario. That right? was a that little story hypocritical. Was like, as good as we try and be, mm-hmm. well, we're I lo- flawed. Well, and I, lo- I kind of. Yeah, you could see where there was so there was a duality in his character, mm-hmm. but we all have dualities where we're That's good in some areas it. and shitty in others. Yeah. I can be like patient and wonderful with my patients, and then I'll be an asshole to my husband. And it's not because that you know we just have our own things. Mm. Um, but but should I he like, slept with her no, and okay. then like well, sleep no. with her and then bail basically? But I don't think he, he didn't. But he Wait, slept so with her before he even knew any of this stuff was going to come through fruition. You know what I mean? Mm. Wait, what? With the girl, no, with the blonde with, one, right? With Terry Gar, he slept with her after he started doing the Tootsie stuff. No, he did not. Because he was looking at her clothes and stuff. He was taking off his clothes to oh, try on shit, her clothes. you're right. He and was. And then she and caught then him he, in his right, underpants. That's right. And he's like, I want you or whatever. Right. And then he just. Does, All right, you yeah. win. You win this uh, round. You win this round. Oh, so that's why I'm like, that's, there are certain parts where I'm like, ah, did that have to be in the movie with something that's such a strong message that you yeah. were bringing up before? Uh-huh. So there's just certain things. And once again, it's probably because I've seen it so many times mm. before that wouldn't ha- that didn't stand out before. Right, right. Where now I'm like, oh, that's unfortunate that it's placed there. Yeah, because yeah. you didn't even. Yeah. Well, and that's the I think that's the thing for his character, though. He's very impulsive. Right, he's kind of mm. a hothead, very impulsive. He just says and does what comes just in the moment, you know, which is a very actory thing to do. So for him, in some weird way, he was just kind of playing that part, right? Mm-hmm. Like to be like, "I want you," right? Like, did you really want that girl? Pro- no, not at all. But in order to kind of save his own ass, he's impulsive, so he just kind of did it, you know? Yeah. And the the other thing that stood out to me this time, and once again, I do like this movie, so I sound like I'm shitting on it. But you asked me kind Stop of shitting like, on it, yeah. so. The another thing is his character for himself professionally didn't have an arc that I was expecting this time around because his agent, which I'm sorry, but there's no fucking way that an unemployed actor is going to have CAA represent him. Oh, that does not I happen. Know. What do you want to know? I'm like, mm, those guys don't even get work for people needing work. They negotiate million dollar salaries. Like <laughs> they do not take on even in the eighties though. They, I don't care if you grew up together. Like yeah. your boss at CAA is like, drop that guy. Yeah. Oh, he's your, he's the godfather of your kid. Don't yeah, give a shit. Yeah. He's not bringing us 10%. Yeah. Yeah, Where's our six figure 10%? Bye bye. Yeah. Like, I'm like, mm. there was a lot of uh, suspend your disbelief <laughs> right. moments. Like, a lot. For sure. But for me, kind of the professional, the reason I brought that up is his agent's like, you're such an asshole. You're so opinionated. You're a tomato. Like, when you were a tomato, you wouldn't just go with it. All this stuff, like, you burn bridges. No one wants to work with you. And then as Tootsie, and I get the female empowerment angle of him pushing some stuff which was great but then there was a lot of moments where he's like i don't think my character would do this that were just selfishly for him mm-hmm. so i don't f- feel like professionally maybe towards women he well i don't even think towards women he changed i think the story showed more of that than his character did but like professionally he didn't really change he's still kind of stuck with what worked best for him Actor wise, he's still kind of stuck with his. Yeah, he just didn't fight as much, right? Because there's a there's a point in there because he was basically saying, "I just did what I wanted to do without 
asking to do it. Because the director's like, will you let us know when you do that? Sure. And then next time he didn't, let him know before he did something. Uh-huh. And he just kind of did, like, did it and did it and did it. And it's yeah. a soap opera. Like, <laughs> you do a take and you move on. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, I know people in soaps. The only way that they do second or third takes is if one of the actors is, like, in their minds, like, that was a shitty take, so I'm purposely going to ruin this so we have to do another one. Oh, but, shit. like, they don't have the luxury of time to do multiple takes. You know, because they do so many pages a day. Oh, Jesus. Um, but so I was like, ah, professionally, he didn't really grow. He just mm-hmm. kind of like fell in love with that woman. And that's kind of was his arc. Like, I was a little surprised by that. The So like the movie more explored the relationships or the, you know, the, the gender dynamics really more than he did for the most part. Yeah. And I was a little surprised by that this time around. I could see that. Yeah. It was a subtle arc. Um. It was almost like you see him fuck up a bunch and then the ending you're assuming because he says the that he was a better man as a woman than he was as a man mm-hmm. and that he wanted to learn to be as good as a man as a man well, as a man right. yeah th- <laughs> that whole like funny dialogue part and so I felt like at the end like there was hope that he would be better yeah it was almost like his arc is once the movie ends right yeah i was gonna exactly well and to that same point like the you know we're, we're when you look at characters like weaknesses and things like that over the course of an arc his weakness was that uh he was just kind of a he was like a dick he you was know had a mean? major ego he, he had a huge yeah that's ego, what i was like, gonna you know? say as a as an actor right he had such a but and here's the irony his ego is the thing that carried him through the whole damn film as his as Tootsie, <laughs> you know, as Dorothy. But right, it was Dorothy, also right? it was a double edged sword. Yeah, right. and it was tempered. Dorothy, yeah, yeah, and it was tempered by um, I misogyny think, going on. Kind of, well, actually, in part, yeah, right. So by by like have being disrespected so often, kind of like putting him in his place to a certain extent. Uh huh. And then also on the other hand, playing what he viewed as more of a female role that. Just by being as ballsy as he was when he was a woman, that there was only so far that he would push it. Mm. Right. Because he still was playing that woman role, mm-hmm. you know? Which also is kind of fucked up when you think about it. Right. It's like yeah. you were you were kind of empowered. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, if you yeah. compare to he how he know, acted you know as what, a man. Though, here's the thing. He did it in a better way, I think, right? Because it's not about just kind of keeling over. Because in the in the first act, he's somebody that was just saying, This is stupid. Why would I do this? He was very combative. Mm. Whereas when he was a female, there was still combativeness, uh, you know, comp how, conflict within that mm-hmm. but he they did it in a way that was a little bit more soft in a way right because he more was more tactful exactly that was the, the thank you honey more tactful exactly right so like in order to get what you want i think it comes down to just how you approach people mm-hmm. you know so i could see that as the as a plus kind of, as a plus right yeah you know over the course of his his arc but outside of that yeah the very end of the movie I'm pretty stoked on only because I didn't really want to see like a love kiss or anything yeah. like that. I was really kind of just happy that that guy was in some way humbled, you know, and then what up- did they say at the end? I rewound it multiple times where 
she says something like when she looks down and then she finally looks up before she walks to him. Uh-huh. I could, what did she say? I could I rewound it so I don't many remember. times. Yeah, dude. Ugh, I'm like, what? <laughs> what <laughs> did you just say? Uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and they're just like, you silly. That whole exchange when they're walking away, I'm like, I don't know what they're saying. <laughs> I don't think the I don't think you have to to get the point. Yeah. But yeah, that either. is always like a lingering uh, question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this movie is just like a fairy tale. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what's funny is that you say like there were certain scenes that maybe were unnecessary or there were certain jumps that they made. And then in other ways, they did things that I was like, oh, thank God. So. Because I feel like, uh, so here's an example. When he's taking care of the baby and he falls asleep and the baby's there and I was just like, oh shit, that's going to turn into a mess and blah, 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 which really wouldn't have furthered the story Mm -hmm. anyway. And they just went right along and I was like, oh, thank God. (laughs) And so, but they had certain different moments like that. So it was, I mean, very imperfect for sure. But I was really grateful because I, sometimes I think in, in like, popular movies now they'll just put conflict in for conflict but not because it furthers the story story. and then i end up frustrated as the viewer because i'm like well that was pointless and you got me all anxious for nothing yeah like now i'm just fucking annoyed and (laughs) bored because i didn't even give a shit (laughs) so i appreciated some of those things that they did because there were a couple moments where it was like that oh that was nice I thought Bill Murray did a good job. I thought so too. I totally yeah. forgot he was in it until yeah. this. And he didn't even put his name at the start uh, with the credits and everything. He agreed to kind of not have his name showcased because mm. he, he didn't want people to think this was like a typical Bill Murray movie. It really wasn't either. Well, it wasn't. But yeah. he wanted to make sure well, to kind of get nice. that. Yeah, as opposed to, I think, one of the reasons funny people financially didn't do well is because Adam Sandler... Judd Apatow and it was neither types of their films at all mm. and people were like what <laughs> like this is not he's not doing the baby voice right, right. <laughs> you know there's a bit of me during that movie I was just like can you do merman <laughs> can we watch which he that did movie? That, at one point when he oh I see what you're saying but like when he was having sex with that woman no like, I wanted to voice. see can you guys just make merman yeah can things? you make that movie thank you um, oh my gosh don't <laughs> ask for that but he did great and he actually uh, I guess his lines were mostly improv um, Which I could see because yeah. there were some Murrayisms in there, but oh, yeah. but as the character, which I appreciate, it wasn't mm-hmm. just him being Bill Murray. Right. My favorite is him standing there and he's eating lemon. <laughs> he's just eating yeah. the lemon watch and all that. I was like, fucking Bill Murray. Yeah, that's yeah. good. What was your, was there like any favorite scene or something that kind of popped out for you? Um, I mean, I I, I did like it when he was putting that uh, doctor actor kind of in his place on set. Oh, yeah. I thought that was good. Mm-hmm. And that, I thought that that was pretty funny because, yeah, you have that. You have those. I mean, this is perfect timing for this week with the whole Harvey Weinstein thing. Dude, I was actually but telling like, Bird, I was telling you, I was just like, this movie is pretty straightforward. Yeah, <laughs> like for you, right now. you have this. This person is in a position of power. They've always been in a position of power. So even though this is sexist as shit, this is what you do because this is what you do. Mm-hmm. This, I mean... You want to be on the show, don't you? You're the, all the actresses kiss this doctor. Yeah. Like that's just what happens if you want to be on the show. 
That's ridiculous. And though. it's, in, but it's a dy- power dynamic that's in every industry. So how do you watch that and say it doesn't still hold up for right now? I mean, the the I didn't say it doesn't hold up. Uh, I said the themes hold up. I just think the plot points are a little too convenient, uh, and I don't feel like they're necessarily warranted organically. Got it. I think it probably doesn't hold up to your childhood memory. Sure. Yeah, I agree. That's the hardest. I part. agree. But I'm I can be more analytical now about the I can focus on stuff I didn't focus on as a kid oh yeah while appreciating other stuff that once again the whole like women in the workplace thing totally went over my head as a kid Mm -hmm. um but and so i can appreciate that now but also be like but i wish the plot points were more organic (laughs) you know because like i said i mean mrs doubtfire was more of a comedy this didn't feel like a comedy it was more of there's funny moments but it was more true to life yeah yeah so I guess a drama, but I wouldn't even a dramedy. But I, I don't just, know what you to that call same it. point. Yeah, that, I know what you I mean. hated the music. Yeah, I fucking hated the music. Music was pretty bad. Music, Very dated. Yeah, but I, I mean, I'm like, not gonna. Damn it! It's eighty two. Like, it was made it's in the early eighties. Don't yeah. fucking give it that shit. We've seen a lot of movies though. I mean, that were made many years prior to this, and they their game was strong. Mm. Don't mm. say because it was made in the eighties. Give me fucking. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I step guess. up your fucking game, Sidney Pollock, you bastard. <laughs> All right, don't just put a synthesized fucking score in there that just feels like a bunch of little kids running around for balloons and shit. You know what I mean? Like Soundtrack you, composed by Casio. Basically, <laughs> man. That's what it felt like to me. And I was like, there's some really unique moments and then they crash into this like carnival fucking score and I'm like, God damn it. You know? Yeah. So for I, me, that's what it felt like. Totally. I think what holds up is the the themes and sadly that's still a thing. <laughs> yeah well the themes and the they were good characters like i cared about uh, i struggle with some of these movies that you guys watch that i struggle with connecting with some of these characters mm-hmm. and that's what i thought that it was i was like i'm just not going to care about this but i really cared and like even though you didn't like the scene where he comes out and says that he's a man like I was like, oh shit, it's gonna happen. Yeah. He's like sitting there smacking me in the we fucking screamed couch because I've never seen it, right? So like, um, we were on the couch and I went, oh shit, the cat like runs away. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, like, like, I, oh, I had crap. like, I was in it. Yeah, she was deep. So, but there was yeah, the movie, the music sucked, and I suspended <laughs> a lot of disbelief. But I kind of. But the core I went of the in, character, right? Yeah. Like the yeah. core of the theme of the piece, all mm-hmm. that stuff. Like I loved it, you know. But outside of that, I I do agree with you. It wasn't, you know. I mean, we and we've seen some very beautiful films, you know. But then again, at the same time, with Stanley Stanley Kubrick films, hard to connect with yeah. the character. Oh my god! You know god, what I mean? Yeah. Hard to connect with the characters sometimes. But yet beautifully shot. This not so beautifully shot. Nope. But a much easier. It was very matter of factly yeah. shot. Exactly. Very right? simple. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We got yeah. the shot. Yeah, but the lighting. Good enough. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Next. Yeah. Figure it out later. <laughs> yeah. All right. Fix we'll it in post. The colorist <laughs> will get to it. Whatever. Oh, Literally. Man. Poor know. colorist. And the whole thing kind of felt like a soap opera. You yeah. know what I mean? In general. So um, by the way, the old doctor guy, all I kept seeing was fucking Police Academy. Yeah, me too. You know <laughs> me I mean? too. Like before. I he, couldn't not right. see that. I just wanted him to say Mahoney <laughs> the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been good. Well, man, I mean, I don't got much else other than I don't that. really have anything else. I would recommend it, though. Yeah. I, you know, if you have never seen it, I'd recommend it. If you've seen it before, too, check it out. I mean, I, that, you know, like the themes really hold up. You'll be reminded by the music that is 80s, Jesus but the Christ. theme will still hold up. Right. It's very yeah. much still in this time. 
Hello. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> this is Dorothy. <laughs> <laughs> my one of my favorite scenes, by the way. Thank you for the cue. Um, was uh, when they weren't answering the phone, right? And he's like, "Well, I can't answer the phone because if it's Dorothy, then it's this." Is like, "Well, then if you can't, then I can't answer the phone because if it's this, then you can't answer the phone." Mm. That whole scene yeah, right was there fun. was super good uh, between Bill Murray and uh, Michael. Yeah, so good. <laughs> that was pretty awesome. Yeah, enjoyed that one. A bunch. Um, but. So do you agree that it should, even though it holds up, do you agree it should be considered one of the best movies of all time? No. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> I can't say that. No. I can't. This is such a hard thing, right? For me, because I can see why they want to consider it one of the best films, because it's really, really kind of hitting on some some topics that not a lot of movies mm. hit on based on the list that we've seen. And doing it well. And doing it good, right. So, and obviously there's movies that came after it, but then again, you know, AFI seems to like some of these pioneery films that tend to start something. You know, and I could see that. Was it the greatest now? But then again, at the same time, I think I can understand why they voted for it to be. See, they also have for the comedies, they also have nine to five. And I feel like that is a better film with the same type of theme. Is it? So I've never I wasn't on the podcast right. when you guys did nine to five. So I've never seen that. So that was women in the workplace. But what year was nine to five in though? the 80s? Was it? Okay. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that, and it's cinematically, it's better, and yes, it has it. more iconic music. I mean, the Dolly Parton, Dolly Parton yeah. nine to five, so like that's <laughs> like still can be in your Get head. Get it, if Dolly. You, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, she so, still looks the same, by the exactly way. Exactly like, the ridiculous. same. Yeah. She has always looked sixty, like <laughs> even <laughs> as a young woman. That's gotta be. That's kind of that's ironic cool, to though. have Dolly Parton, who's had all this plastic surgery and everything, on a. <laughs> a movie that's about women's rights and like Has Dolly Parton had a lot? <laughs> those titties ain't real, kid. <laughs> but but she's had those since she was like way I'm back just, when. Oh, I'm maybe sad. I'm wrong. I mean, shit. Don't quote me on anything. Because I think she looks exactly a, the same as a 60-year-old. I mean, yeah. she's looked ex- yeah, pretty much. I don't know. Now, Cher I gotta tell you, those lips don't much. look real. Yeah. She also said, bones. well, yeah, and to that, she also said it's expensive to look this cheap. <laughs> so that was a well, there you go. Quote, but, there it is. Um, but yeah, she's so for me, she's got a good me, sense of humor about yeah, herself. She's pretty awesome. Um, so for <laughs> me, I feel like. Well, she is. I grew up with Dolly Parton and Kenny say, Rogers' Christmas like, album. Okay, oh back up. No, <laughs> I gotta tell you, I love Dolly Parton's music. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah, but yeah. Anyway, um, so I feel like that warrants being there more than this one does. Yeah, if we're. If it's this very similar theme that they were going for with it. Uh-huh. Um, but anyway, I mean, it is what it is. But yeah. I do I think, recommend seeing it. Yeah. I think in terms of like best movie of all time, that means like you got cinematically just mm. go- like good music, plot, Character. characters. Like that yeah. is the best movie of all time. This Not- might be the most plain cinematography we've ever had. Bro, that, fo- that fucker phoned it in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. He called yeah. in sick a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got, no, their, man, you got the their first AC. Like, uh, just like sweet, my first credit. Yeah, maybe they should have a separate list of like most influential movies or mm. something like that. Yeah. That may be more appropriate, yeah. but definitely 
not best ever. Come on now. So Let's this is be their, real. This is their I best comedy. No. no, this is on number sixty nine of the hundred of the top hundred. Pretty sure. Well, it's well I mean, it's pretty it, sure. It's close to the bottom. Just let's remember yeah. that. You know yeah. what I mean? I I really think it's from a performance standpoint. Maybe. If anything, I think they're looking at it as Dustin Hoffman's performance. I mean, obviously Dustin Hoffman's on there a handful of times, mm-hmm. right? For for the graduates Graduate. and shit. So. Um, he's just a, he's such a good character actor, you know, and it's a little meta too, isn't it? Right. Because it's like, you have an actor trying to be an actor and Mm -hmm. it's a film about an actor. You get what I'm saying? So it is a little meta. Um, so I think for the industry, it's kind of nice. And then speaking to a generation that's trying to have some sort of, uh, equality, Mm -hmm. you know, in the workforce. So I, I get it. Um, but I do agree with you. I don't know if it's the best. Yeah. You know, personally. Mm-hmm. So, I still recommend it, though. Oh, absolutely. Good. Not the best. Yeah. I think it holds up just for the themes alone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People are going to listen to this and be like, you guys are fucking dicks. <laughs> I don't think so. I, honestly, I don't think this is one that a lot of people revisit, even though they should. Like, mm-hmm. I don't I don't know why, but I just I don't. I don't feel like it's necessarily... Why do you think they should revisit it, though? Well, because the themes still hold up, and it's yeah. still kind of important to show, like, this shit's been going on for a long-ass time. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And it, it doesn't seem changed. to be changing. Just to... Yeah, to to bring up the issues. And I think that they bring it up in a, in a f- pretty non-threatening way right. to men. Yeah. Because that's usually part of the problem, too, is that some of the women's rights stuff get real man-bashy. Oh, yeah. Which is... Which like, hurts the cause. Totally. Be, and is not and is not really the heart. point. It's like, oh, you want to reverse this shit? And literally meaning like, oh, we're, let's put men down and put women about like, no. Yeah, but they're yelling, at, but they're yelling <laughs> about equality. And I'm just like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Well, yeah. Well, so speaking of like all of this stuff. So I don't know. Did you read the New York Times piece that Mayim Balak wrote? <laughs> no. <laughs> You're funny. Is that, that's a no. no so she spoke out about the harvey weinstein stuff <laughs> and basically she said because i mean for listeners if they don't know what that name is and thought i had a seizure there for a second that <laughs> is the blossom uh, um the actress who played blossom that's blossom. now on that's now on big bang theory got it what's her name where's her really? Mayim Balak. Um, I like her. Yeah, she's sweet. As a as an actress i don't sure. know anything else about her so she did a piece about like the industry in a world with Harvey Weinstein, basically. Uh And she just, her whole thing was, uh, she's never been in that type of situation. And she felt at now she feels lucky because as a kid, she had a big nose. She was this, you know, 11 year old, awkward Jewish girl. That was, I mean, this is her words like that. Uh, you know, she just kind of wore like conservative stuff or whatever. And then she left to go pursue like, her doctorate or whatever and did all this stuff um but the whole thing was kind of self-congratulatory about now she appreciates that she didn't care about she even puts like i wasn't into a diet didn't have a personal trainer um i like didn't get plastic surgery and i didn't get hit on and basically saying like because thanks that i'm ugly and I was about to say, now you got a, basically the biggest nerd part in the universe. Well, yeah, she says because, and I dress conservatively because she's like, she goes, and like one of her final paragraphs was, you know, women should be able to wear whatever they want, do whatever they want, but we, they should be, but we shouldn't, or, but don't be naive about the world we live in. So basically it's this whole like, 
shaming thing. I mean, it's victim shaming by saying, like, insinuating because because right. women do the diets or like right. adverse. Right, they're like, right. if you think about it, like she's implying because women who care about themselves and want to look mm-hmm. good or whatever that they get hit on. And it's like, oh, it's funny. Dorothy, she wore conservative stuff. She like wasn't uber exactly conservative stuff. She wasn't exactly like the hottest piece of ass out there. But guess what? She got hit on all the time. You know what I was so thinking I about? So I guess that, it doesn't though. matter if you're attractive or not. Men are still right. going to be doing it. So how about let's not victim blame and let's you gotta you gotta you, know. you got a vagina. Yeah, you're gonna get oh, it on. Yeah. And you know, when, men should be responsible for their own actions instead yeah. of being like, "Well, but what were you wearing?" Like, yeah. that's victim shaming. That's it's. I'll send you the link, but it's the most passive victim shaming I have read. Where I'm like, "Whoa, what do you think, baby?" Well, so I think this is really tricky because I've struggled with this a lot. That growing up, I was insecure, etc., and would dress really slutty. Um, when <laughs> like when available to get attention and things mm-hmm. like that and then as I grew up and I realized what I was doing and what was happening then I started to dress really conservative and then and I st- actually struggle with this because like whether I'm at work or with friends that I don't want to over sexualize myself sure. because it, that is distracting it, but at the same time I want to express my own womanhood and I think that uh, we're not there yet. Actually, I was talking to Gary about this because you know how a lot of um, millennials or whatever you call younger than millennials, I don't know, whatever yeah, they I are, that but is. that they're, you know how... Like, Toddlers. The, Jen, I don't <laughs> know. That they that they wear really, like I see some of these young Dude, you little... You right next 13. to a high school, man, and some of these freaking kids that are coming down, I'm just like, where are your clothes? Well, so I was thinking right. I was thinking about this because, you know, you see like the bottom of their butt cheeks and they're wearing crop tops. And I'm like, you're almost in like brown panties and you're going to school. And then I'm thinking like I sound like when when mini skirts, when mini skirts, when mini skirts came out, that was like, oh, my God. And so now it's like these cheeky shorts come out. Oh, my God. And I'm wondering, I'm like. Maybe it's just that sex has been a really weird topic in, in United culture. States culture a and yeah, a lot of Thanks, other cultures. Puritans who's established this country. So I'm That's almost, truth, though. I'm curious if this younger generation ha- will be more sexually free or it'll be less of a thing or if it'll still be a huge thing. But I think in general, our culture doesn't know how to handle the duality of like trying to work from our heads and be professional and still and have normal relationships mm. and express our various sides of ourselves including our sexuality without becoming like a sex object right well so, I mean and I, I think it's really with you I think it's really tricky yeah but she in the I mean I'll send it to you because I mean obviously I'm not, it's I'm not supporting oh no no any, totally yeah because she wasn't even implying women who who uh, express her sexuality kind of have it coming that's not really what she said she basically said like because I don't diet or work out or get plastic surgery I haven't been invited to hotel rooms uh-huh. and so it's like uh, but that's 
That's I, to me. Did that's a little want, bit. Did she want to be? She's like, no, I wish I didn't diet and didn't work out, and I wish I could. She's saying back when, <laughs> back when she, her whole narrative in this is back when I was younger, I had a complex because I wasn't one of the pretty girls. Mm-hmm. But now, thank God, I wasn't because I didn't get sexually assaulted. Yeah, that's the narrative of the thing, and it's. But like, here's the irony, though. I always thought Blossom was pretty. When when I was mm-hmm. watching that show, mm-hmm. I'm. To me, my my curiosity is where did she get that idea that she wasn't pretty? Comparing herself to the other girls. But you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, yeah, because like, she a... didn't fit the mold. Yeah. She didn't yes. fit the mold of Hollywood. But uh, but also her look made her stand out more. Yeah. I mean, like, would I she have she gotten that Blossom when, yeah, character had she, she not been when I was growing up watching looking. that show? Mm-hmm. You know? I don't know. There's always Topanga. There's Blossom. You know? There was a handful of them. I was like, mm, Topanga. They, they look like girlfriend material. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Girl next door who would yeah. give me a chance. Exactly. <laughs> you know? I want to play hopscotch with you. <laughs> so I feel like kind of what you're saying is really tricky. And it is... This topic is so... It's like, touchy, especially it's right now, walking man. on eggshells really type of is. stuff where it's like, what do I... <sighs> and it's well, tough, too. Oh, Sorry. The, and it's it's really tough, too, because not to, uh, you know, not to defend the shit that Harvey did or these, you know, the Cosbys and all that type of shit, but it's going to make it really tough for guys like you, Noah, that are in the dating scene that's like, how do, how do I hit on a girl now? You know what I mean? How do I have that opportunity to have a conversation without them feeling like I'm just harassing them so that that to me this week was an issue with the harvey thing because of all the women there's like been two dozen women who've come forward saying that he like assaulted them or whatever right but there was a few that i wish they would have articulated more because there was a few that said yeah he tried to kiss me Mm -hmm. and i'm like oh but that's not the same as other women's stories with harvey where it's just that did he block a door trying to kiss you? Like, I need... You'd like, or is look it just, lady, let me go ahead and get some that, of them lips if you want to get this part. Yeah, because to me, that, just trying to kiss is a serial cheater. But that doesn't necess- that's not the same as the women where you're like, uh, was it Kate Blanchett or someone, I don't want to misquote, I don't remember who it was, who said she came up to his hotel room for a meeting and he was in like a bathrobe saying can i give you a massage or do you want to watch me shower that's different than that's just wildly tra- inappropriate absolutely versus him just trying to kiss somebody where it's like please be please articulate because the and, and on the flip side it's like my concern is the more women who come forward saying that he just tried to kiss them without context of was he saying if you don't something's gonna happen with your career right. to me i there's so many people because of such an uncomfortable topic that want to tune it out that that's so easy for them to be like, oh, that's it? That's well, nothing. Too. And then and you got to like, understand no. like the, the, the and That's a concern. I'm not saying yeah. that's what's happening. It's just yeah. a concern of mine where I'm like, and again, uh, we're not. I'm not. We're not defending it. It's just. It just remotely. makes it tough though because to me, because I have friends that are single. I mean, you're one of them, right? And I was I was telling Bird, I was like it's going to be tough for these guys to like feel comfortable to be like, well, how do, how am I, how do I approach this without making them feel, you know, degraded or what have you, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to suck because then on the other end, I hear, you know, our, our friend, our girlfriends that are like, you know, I just want to want a man that takes charge. <laughs> I'm like, this is so, it's so ironic, you yeah. know, between the, the two, in my opinion. And it makes it tough right now, I think. Well, I think that's part of, so like, uh, I listen, this gets referenced a lot. And I think in talking about like the growth of communities in the world, et cetera, is the book Sapiens. And you think like it talks about basically, if you don't know what it is, 
it's a really relatable look at the evolution of human beings and from like when Neanderthals and Homo sapiens and all these other different basically breeds of people existed how they cross and then all the way and then relating it to how we are today and that these cultural changes take don't just take like decades or hundreds of years it takes like thousands of years Yeah, yeah and we've been slowly trying to evolve in terms of matching our base instincts that we still have from a bajillion years ago with <laughs> our fact current that we're animals so we have those animalistic yeah, instincts totally to fuck and to like a mm-hmm. nice pair of tits or to see a strong man and be like yeah you know and shelter like, food sex to but to procreation <laughs> but it's going to take us a long time to, to figure out. to figure it out and it's going to take problem solving so as we're going like oh shit it's not okay for some dude to start raping or trying to like corner women into like as like prey animals like that's not okay okay well that's not okay, but how how do I make an advance with, and on someone that I want to be with and all mm. these different things and there's we're so multifaceted and it's so complex that to be like, well, what do I do now? Is like, well, you're gonna have to problem solve people, yeah. everyone. We're all gonna have to problem solve together and we're gonna fuck up and it's gonna suck and this is part of life and in a thousand years it'll be better and right. you're gonna be dead and that's just how it goes. <laughs> you're gonna not see you're it, not so see relax because it. yeah, exactly. it's gonna be miserable oh, until yeah. you die. Right, right. So chin up. But, <laughs> but like that's just this is just how it goes. And yeah. so There's I think there's always something. Every generation is something. You well, know? it's uncomfortable, and that's that's part of the joys of life. And I don't. I I think it's a. Yeah, it's a, so it's a looking great, for a, a hard well, it answer is silly. It, it speaks to how we are, right? Because we want everything to be, uh, you know, good and happy and black and white. Like, everybody's like, it shouldn't be like this. It shouldn't be. Okay, cool. It, but it is like this. You know what I mean? The only way you change that is just, okay, well, you work through it. You yeah. Know, you problem solve through it. And there's such a – so it's easy with Harvey because you're like, he's a scumbag. Obviously, he's a scumbag. I mean, I only, I've never obviously worked with this guy, but – I've known he's bro. You can look at that motherfucker's picture and know that he's a scumbag. Well, but just seeing how he is, how he's bullied his movies to win. I mean, freaking Shakespeare in Love beat Saving Private Ryan for the best (laughs) picture because of his campaigning. I mean, he is very forceful with all that. So, well, if he's cornering people in a robe, I mean, that's pretty grisly. Well, (laughs) and conversely, like if he's that aggressive and that pushy with his professional work, right? Like he's a lamb in his personal like that yeah. just you don't have that sort of extreme duality i mean that's yeah. just not a thing but well he is one of the most powerful or he was. was and that's know, why that's why he's getting buried now guy. because he's not he was hollywood he, he wasn't know? so that's why you can bury him now like with lance armstrong when he was winning all those you tour know de france's. tour de france's all this stuff everything about his testosterone use was just brushed under the rug everybody knew it yeah but he was such an asshole that people were basically waiting for him to not benefit them anymore to then throw him to the wolves because he's such a prick Mm -hmm. you know and it's kind of like with harvey is like he's such an asshole but he was making millions he was getting awards with miramax and the weinstein company he won 300 academy awards 300 so of course they're going to like brush that shit under the rug Mm -hmm. because he's but now that netflix and amazon and all these other distributors are taking all the awards 
he's not doing that he's anymore. Not the guy anymore. He's not making that money. And so now that power dynamic, now he can't destroy careers because he's not making them anymore. Interesting. You know, but I just find it kind of to your point, like it's so there's, so he it's black and white and with Cosby, it's black and white, right. but then there's this gray area where you're like, you want people to make that black and white, but it isn't but because, yeah. but now you have this mob mentality where it's like, who else can we destroy? So they went after Ben Affleck where this one where he wasn't appropriate and he apologized because he like fondled some woman or something when he was a lot younger or something like some reporter. But then there was another interview he did with a Canadian MTV person where like it was an act what they were doing that was like scripted basically. But they're was like, look, out of context. Uh, oh, yeah. Like was she was it? on his lap. He's like, why don't you take your top off? Like people like that or whatever. And like, wow, he's a he's gross and she came out and she's like that was scripted like there's 20 people in the room that wasn't but they want to throw him to the wolves and now jason momoa has been thrown to the wolves i don't know if you heard about that which i think is ridiculous because it was an off-color joke did you hear about this britta no so uh back in 2011 yeah in 2011 (laughs) on uh one of the comic-con panels i'm not sure if it was san diego or which one it was but he was talking about how absurd it is that you can do stuff in sci-fi and fantasy you can't do in real life. And he said, like, rip a guy's tongue out of his throat. And he goes, or rape women. And he's like, <laughs> or rape a beautiful woman and have her fall in love with me, which is an off-color joke, but now everybody's that mad about it. happened in Games of Thrones. Thank you. <laughs> I'm like, all of Game of Thrones that's is. The whole, that's his arc of the whole fucking first season. He rapes Khaleesi. And the she whole falls in thing. love with and her she rapist. she falls in love with her rapist. Yeah. And guess what? Women are still fantasizing about that love story. Yeah. Like, I literally, one of my friends on Facebook, her Facebook picture, or her and her husband, dressed as those two. Like, it's romanticized. And it's like, huh. so you can't. Where were the pitchforks when this first season came out? Why is there this fantasy? And I don't want to get into this whole, like, escapism when it comes to being comfortable with someone sexually. But the whole point is, like, you can't – why weren't you mad at the producers? Like, he's making a – he is an off-color joke, but he was talking about the absurdity of what's considered okay because it's sci-fi fantasy That whole stadium was laughing, too. You know what I mean? Like, they understood But they understood the context. But now it's taken on context. Now people are like, he's such a piece of shit. I'm like, Shut up. Uh, Were you not talking about binging Game of Thrones? Because pretty sure there's rape nonstop in that fucking show. Well, I think... But it's different. (laughs) But it's different. But the difference is people are still romanticizing that relationship. Right. Well, I think this is another part that... This is my, uh, not a theory necessarily, but thoughts that I have that I go, I wonder if that's it. But that a lot of um, people want to feel something. They want to feel a part of something, that they're contributing Mm. to something. And most, I know a lot of people, they go to a job that's okay. They're fairly unfulfilled. They do things because they think they're supposed to, or you're just working to pay off your debt, and you're stuck, and you're grinding, and whatever. And then you f- you feel something when you go, "Oh, that guy's an asshole. Yeah. Let's get him!" Like, and feel like you're that like mob you're mentality. Well, almost. but it's not even just the mob mentality. It's like feeling a part of something that's good. Like it's it's good to have bad people not doing bad things anymore. Mm to feel like you're saving other people or that you're doing something good for society, but it gets distorted. 
and really people are just hiding on their couches and it's easier to criticize someone than look at their own lives sure. and grow and whatever. I think a lot of social funny. media is like, I'm upset with something. What is it? It can't possibly be my life. Oh, look online. That's what I'm upset about. The thing yeah. that I just learned about. No. After I realized I was upset. <laughs> yeah. And so. it's like, why do we have a strong drinking culture? Not just the United States. This is the most culture. Everywhere. Yeah. But it's like. It's to make you feel better, eating issues or whatever, like, and you get like that, that pleasure, that dopamine hit from whether it be from that exhilarating feeling of tweeting something really shitty about someone or if it's drinking a bunch with your friend, whatever, Mm. you know? And so I think it's just, and I think that's also some of the slow progression of society like oh shit we gotta do the hard shit nah I'd rather just bash (laughs) on somebody is that cool (laughs) hard pass I gotta gotta look at myself no but what about that guy (laughs) no look at that motherfucker it's all their fault what is he wearing what are they doing why do you do that yeah and we all do it I'm totally victim to some of this shit too like it's, it's it's just bred in our culture though too. Well whatever but yeah tribal so we're pack animals at heart I mean like at our base, we're pack animals, pack mammals. Yeah, and, and so small pack sense. mammals, not yeah. massive pack mammals. Right. So, so we want that tribe. We want mm-hmm, that group to be a part of, etc. And so it creates these really weird things as we're dealing with these evolutions in our in our cultural experience and how we interact with one another. So, so wrapping that back to Tootsie. Tootsie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So that so the theme still so the theme exists. Still exists. <laughs> to summarize, to climb out of that rabbit hole. Relevant yeah. We could have a whole other sure. podcast yeah. on this entire topic, you know. But I mean it relates. It I does mean, and, very and much. Sadly, so. it's still a thing thirty five years later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, like I said, thousands of years. Yeah, but here's the thing, fucking people are gonna li- wa- listen to this, listen to listen to Tootsie, they're like, Yeah, but it was a man trying to tell a woman how to be a woman. You know what yeah, I mean? But it's this like, is God a movie of mansplaining. It. Yeah, it's basically. Like, oh. Fuck you. <laughs> That's basically what it, it is. It is imperfect. Yeah. It is. <laughs> right. He is he is a flawed human being. Yeah. Like us all. Well, on that note, on that all note, right. all right, this feels super inappropriate to bring up this the title of this section, but Gary, what's making you hard? Oh, my <laughs> goodness. Uh, you know, huh, what's making me hard right now? There's a show on Netflix. It's actually a cartoon called Big Mouth. How is that? that? Oh, my God. So good. So good, man. We've I been think watching. that it explains so much even of what we're talking like, about uh, yeah. in a hilarious adult funny way and I think adolescence is like so it's Nick Kroll and visualized uh, his comedic partner I can't remember the day Mulaney Mulaney right uh, and then it oh has, hello yeah so uh, and it's all a cartoon is basically talking about puberty during your uh, middle school years Oh wow! Okay, and it's great. It's it is not meant for children. It's not meant for children (laughs) at all. But it is so good. It's on Netflix, Um, and I just I saw it and I was like, "Eh, let's give it a let's give it a try. Fucking loved it, dude. Probably one of the best cartoons outside of Rick and Morty right now that I'm really enjoying. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Personally. So what about you, baby? Oh yeah. What's making me wet? Um, Christina (laughs) P's new Netflix. That's her name, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom Segura's wife. It's good. Dude, I loved it, man. So this is what I would say is that I laugh my ass off, but I think I was her demographic being of the generation that she speaks to a lot. Yeah, that 90s latchkey kid. Whatever. Anyway, but um, at the end, she takes you for an unexpected wild ride, and it's a little uncomfortable, and I love that she did it because a lot of these 
these comedy specials are pretty similar in turn, you know, I, and so I love that she took a risk at the end and said something said, I don't know, just just fucking watch it. I loved it. Oh, well, it's the good. end. I'm sold. What about you, Noah? The movie American Made with Tom Cruise. Did you like oh, it? Huh? Was that good? I loved it. It looks really I good. Loved it. it didn't do amazing when it premiered. Mm-hmm. Uh, critics loved it. They said it's Tom Cruise's best performance in a long time. Mm-hmm. But they're like, well, not a lot of 18, like, younger demographic watched it. But, yeah, I mean, watching the movie, the subject matter alone, what. It's it about so a dude in the late 70s. It's a true story, too. It's based on a true story yeah. about a uh, uh, commercial airline CIA comes pilot. in to tell to bring CIA in CIA tells yeah. him, well, tells him to to uh, fly for Intel. He just happens to then work with Pablo Escobar right. and those people to make money for himself. Interesting. Um, but it's so good. It's so... Uh, he's. It's funny. It's fun. It's stylistic. No, no, that's and it's good. breezy. Okay. It just flows, and it's so good. I highly recommend it. All right. I just saw it this week, and it was awesome. You know, I uh, just I'm gonna add to to this. We saw the Kingsman two. Did you see yeah. that one yet? Do you like it, dude? I loved it. It was fun as I hell. It, yeah, and it was a nice regurgitation of the previous one. But yeah, still say kind it, of a continuation. Yeah, exactly. Super. But it gave good. you all the stuff that you loved about Everything. the first thing. Yeah, exactly. And I so. thought the story was pretty clever. I was worried with the Colin Firth character. Why? How how they were going to bring back. back. I'm like, I thought uh, it worked out pretty it good. Did. It worked extremely well. And I well. gulped loudly when I saw he be back. I was like, don't, don't yeah. do this. And I yeah. watched, I'm like, no, it works. No, no. I'm cool. I was in You're for good. the ride. Yeah, was yeah, yeah. It was just enough Channing Tatum, and, a.k.a. five minutes. <laughs> so it was just perfect. Truth, right? It was perfect. Um, and Julianne Moore was an adorable villain, Excellent. in my opinion. I like how the, thanks to Samuel Jackson's decision to have a lisp. Uh-huh. They've decided to continue on with their quirky villains. I loved it. It's so good. I loved it. Yeah. So um, Elton John was even fun, which I was like, how's that going to work? And the only reason I bring that up because we went to the theater. We we're like, well, do we want to see American Made or do we want to see so forth? And we ended up watching. You couldn't the, go wrong the either. Latter. Way. And so um, I do recommend American Made. It's pretty awesome. All right. But once well. again, they're like, well, because I I remember that weekend reading in uh, in deadline because i have the supercast show so i kind of do like the box office roundup at the end uh-huh. and they're just like well sorry tom cruise the star power is fading because the younger crowd didn't go see this and i watch i'm like younger crowd wouldn't like this movie no matter anyway, who anyway yeah. liam hemsworth could star in this and they'd still be like eh. another bad Pablo example because nobody movie? sees liam hemsworth movies but chris hemsworth yeah thor they would they still wouldn't see. This is not the genre. Here's the this irony. For After the older... Thor's done, though, no one's going to go see his movies. I guarantee. Uh, maybe this one might resuscitate I don't know. that He's because this third gorgeous. one's pretty fantastic. <laughs> yeah, but his other stuff hasn't done that great. Mm-hmm. But the Thors are kind of considered the lower rung of the Marvel Studios movies, but this one looks Ragnarok looks so awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. So that well, might help his career afterwards. Tikiki Twakiti. What the fuck is his name, damn it? It's Tiki Torch, damn it. No. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, yeah. though. I can never the pronounce Wakiti his name. The or whatever. Yeah. Tiki Waki, whatever. What dude. we do in the shadows. That guy. And search or hunt for the wilder people. Hunt for the wilder people. That Ooh, was an amazing movie. I love that movie. Yeah, it's yeah, the same director, director. So this is supposed to be really good. Yeah. All right, well. That's, that's it. So I think that's next, it, man. next episode, we are watching a film about a boy who wants more for his life as well as the contents of his porridge bowl. Oh. We are watching Oliver. Oliver Twist. Oliver. Oliver. Please, da, 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 da. sir, can I have some more? More? <laughs>
And you guys will get more next week. Yeah, and that was a fan request. So we're going to start asking you guys what of the classics you want to see, and we'll go from there. Yeah, should be pretty interesting. I'm excited. All right, man. Well, thank you, guys. Until next time. We out. Adios. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.